0: It's another victory Monday for the NC State Wolfpack. While it might not have felt like one after what we watched on Friday, we will treat it all the same. A win is a win is a win. You are Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Nation. Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Wolfpack. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked on College. Terms and conditions apply. Happy Monday As always, I'm Grayson Boone, joined by former Wolfpack defensive tackle Kenton Gibbs. And before we get going here, if you missed our live stream on YouTube following the game, it was late on Friday night, be sure to check us out after every game moving forward. We will be live on YouTube. We will always tweet out the link. Even if you don't get on Twitter these days, X, whatever you want to call it, be sure to check out our YouTube page shortly following uh, every NC State game moving forward. This Monday episode is a Victory Monday episode. It will be a bit of reiteration uh, from our live episode on Friday night. But ultimately, NC State went on the road. It was nowhere near pretty. But they were able to leave Charlottesville with a 24-21 win on the road to kick off ACC football play. It was a walk-off of sorts, a a game-winning field goal by Braden Narvison. Now, how we got there caused me many gray hairs, many gray hairs. I don't know, Kenton, if you have a couple in your mustache there. What what a what a debacle and a near disaster, I think you can also say.
1: Yeah, and and there was, you know, when we talked about this game in the um, in the lead up, we said this is a must-win for Dorn because that's what it was. This this was not a game that we could afford to to lose in. And Upon further review, it appears this wasn't even a game that we could afford to look bad in because this has caused a a sort of, you know, dookie storm, if you will, amongst the fans that is not, this has not been seen in quite some time. Like there is a, a type of anger and animus towards this program from our fans that I have not seen in, in quite some time. And I would say I would caution everybody away from the doom and gloom of things. I would say if we're coming into this season and saying we're three and one out of our first four, most people would say, we'll take that now. Has this looked the way that we wanted it to look at all times? No. Have we looked as good as, at UConn as we wanted to No. Have we looked at good as good against UVA as we wanted to No. Nobody's going to argue that. But with that being said, You know, we are still three and one. Um, This team is finding ways to win games, but you're absolutely right in that. There are just so many things that that leave me scratching my head a little bit um, because we're seeing new problems now that weren't even the case before.
0: Yeah, it's it's a lot of things that if not corrected will become fatal flaws uh, further down the season. But yes, ultimately here we won the game. That is what we set out to do. We accomplished that goal. If you leave out, you know, finer details, of course. And you you mentioned as well, we're three and one. When we gave our preseason predictions on how the schedule was going to turn out, we had three guests come on. I believe all five of us in totality had us at three and one at this spot. So yeah, on a surface level, here we're we're right where we're supposed to be. Now it's the finer details that drums up all the conversations. The I guess a lot of the doom and gloom. I, I will have to say the last 48 hours amongst NC State fans have looked pretty much exactly what I expected it to look like after the game we saw on Friday night. It's Some of it is warranted. Some of it is a bridge too far. And I think yeah. we all know what I'm referring to there. But, you know, again, calling a spade a spade here. The play we saw on Friday night was embarrassing. Probably deserved to lose that game. I think Virginia ended up helping us out there in the end with a couple penalties. But good Lord. Good Lord. We, we, we spoke all last week about how we should be able to go in, handle business, dominate, because we are the better team. For most of that game, probably you know most of the second half, we did not look like the better team at all. And that will be concerning, especially as soon as this week. That will be concerning as soon as this week, as we have Louisville here uh, on Friday.
1: To allow a team to convert on a uh, two-point conversion oh my God. from the 18-yard line is patently insane. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I talked about this during the live. But I want to reiterate this again because I watched I watched it again and I said, okay, maybe I'm crazy, maybe maybe I'm wrong here. Did we have anybody that was in an intermediate zone? But the problem is, we did, we did. There were folks who were not in the end zone, who were not rushing, who were also not in the end zone. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I have a, a very simple proposal for you. How about everybody who's not coming at the quarterback with everything they have, get your behind in the end zone. Get your behind. If it was not for Anthony Calandria pulling a true freshman move, we lose this game. We do. There's no no ifs, ands, or buts about that. That's a team that for all the things that that we said about them and for all the things that we saw, that is a team that would have been going into overtime at home with the momentum of hey, by the way, we just scored to tie this thing up. By the way, we're outscoring NC State in the second half. They outscored us 14-7 to at that point. So, again, very disappointing, very disheartening to see that play play out the way it did. But nonetheless, I, again, very confused. I know that Peyton Wilson was sitting there as a spy. I know that I saw Caden Fordham running into the end zone from his middle zone as well. And I'm, I'm just sitting there saying to myself, there should have been a wall of defenders in the end zone. And there should have been a wall of defenders at about the five. That's it. There should not have been a spot. Hey, brother, if you want to scramble around all day long, go for it. You know why? Because the field is only so wide. And right. we have eight guys back there covering every inch of the
0: goal line. in us. right. The play or, can only happen in one spot, and they allowed it to happen. Unreal.
1: Or if you want to take it even further, you can say, we'll, we'll, leave, we'll leave four in the end zone, four on the five, and roll out that way. But the fact that we had – we the fact that things played out the way they did, very disappointing. And the fact that, you know, a lot like we talked about with the Boston College game, a receiver in number four almost single-handedly beat us. How do we not get that cleaned up? Do we not have a call for doubling somebody?
0: I understand why Doran said what he said, but it, to be blunt, it was a lot of excuses for a guy that's in year 10 playing against perceived to be the worst team in the ACC. It sounded like a lot of excuses. It should have never gotten to the point where this game should have made us sweat in the second half. This is the exact game we went into this. Where we were saying we cannot allow them to linger. We cannot allow the crowd to have confidence. This is exactly what we did not want to happen, and we watched it unfold on Friday night. Lucky to walk out with a win, I guess, if there is a silver lining here. Again, we are 3-1. and one. We won the game on the road. ACC road wins are hard to come by. Made it a little bit harder than we should have, Absolutely. but still left with the W. In just a moment here, we're going to revisit Kenton's keys from Friday as a uh, an effort to illuminate what went right and what went wrong uh, after a quick word from our sponsors. Our first sponsor of the day is LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the best access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Add your job and use the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And then use simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job. For free. Terms and conditions apply. Now, revisiting Kenton's keys from Friday here. I think some folks will be surprised to know we actually hit, I believe, at least four four or five of these. Um, and still, you know, as ugly as it looked, you would have thought much otherwise. But let's walk back through these uh, one through three.
1: Absolutely. So the first key offensively was to score first. Which we did. We did. I, I was tempted to say uh, that we needed to go into halftime with a 14 point lead. But I said, you know what? It's a conference game. Let's not get too aggressive here. Score first, which we did. Um, that was one that we accomplished our second goal. Ninety plus yards combined by the running backs. Um, that did not happen. That did not I really happen. Feel like which we is-
0: abandoned the run.
1: Which is very disappointing because, again, if you look at their other games this season, the backs from Maryland combined for over 125 yards. James Madison combined for well over 100 yards as well. So, for us to not be able to get 90 was like, I mean, okay, we're the first team, we're the first team all year that has played Virginia that did not get their backs to 100 yards rushing.
0: I think this is especially frustrating because of how, I mean, how bad Armstrong looked through the air. This would have felt like a perfect opportunity to try and establish more on the ground using running backs instead of Armstrong taking off as often as he did. I mean, Michael Allen ended up getting 10 touches in a couple weeks prior to this. We would have been thrilled about that. The problem is Michael Allen probably should have had, I don't know, like 18 to 20 touches in this game. Because from what we saw, he had a couple quick bursts there. Uh, for some first downs, you ha- you got to think he would have continued that stretch, maybe even broke one for a touchdown. Uh, continually putting the ball into his hands,
1: absolutely. And I'm much, I'm very serious about the fact that we need to start running vertically and not horizontally.
0: That too. That too.
1: We can do teams that can do the horizontal runs. You have to be a lot faster than the team you're playing against, or you have to outscheme them solidly to the point where you have a numbers advantage on that front side. The final key was five plus yard. final offensive key, five plus yards on first down. So here's the thing. I am going to go on the record as saying they achieved this. 6.46 yards, basically six and a half yards on first down. However, however, Kevin Concepcion's 48-yard touchdown reception came on the first down. If it weren't for that play, we would very likely be looking at an extremely different situation. Right, but I digress. I digress. You give them these guts when they get it, and that's what we got there. Grayson, give me your thoughts on these offensive keys.
0: Yeah, you know this third key here. I found it interesting looking back, and we'll have a lot more in depth talk about this on Tuesday. But it felt like there were many scenarios where we were able to run effectively on first down, and then we would go incomplete pass, incomplete pass, and then punt. Like we would run right. for six right. plus yards on first down and then abandon it and end up with nothing. It's yeah. like you just saw it work, and they haven't been able to effectively stop you all night. What's the What's the rush to go back to an ineffective pass game? That one was a, yeah. a big-time head-scratcher for me. But, you know, jumping out to the early lead, even that did not look as pretty as we wanted it to. However, we did achieve it. It's just from that point on, we were not able to con- keep the gas pedal down. We gave them too many opportunities To run neck and neck with us. And that ended up being the problem. But yeah, there, there needs to be a, a more concerted effort to control this game on the ground and not from arms. There's been a lot of discussion here saying, you know, Brennan looks terrible through the air. He's saving us on the ground. A bit of credit here. He has been able to create a lot out of nothing on the ground. The problem is it's still like, we're, we're still so one dimensional that that is not making a a world of difference. I, I need Michael Allen and Kendrick Raphael to be making the difference on the ground, not Armstrong. I think Armstrong needs to do it when absolutely necessary. That is when we could be dynamic as an offense. Now coming into our fifth game, this has to be figured out ASAP, ASAP.
1: 100%, 100%. And now let's get to those defensive keys, shall we? Um, pound to run allowed three yards or less per carry. We allowed exactly 2.8. Correct. So um, we we did a, a good enough job there, even amongst their backs. You know, the, the two backs combined for 25 yards. Uh, I'm sorry, for 25 carries and 58 yards on those 25 carries. Hey, good job. We kept them under three there. We did what we were supposed to do. Love to see that. The second key was two or more sacks. We got to Calandria exactly two times, exactly two times. Red Hibbler has been amazing. He's been phenomenal. I mean, you know, the he, thank God he's got another year and I'm not even joking about that. I am super excited to see that he's got another year where he's, he's most likely going to be back with the pack and whatnot, because he's been just a revelation uh, from start to finish here. And, the last one is no quarter where they score more than seven points. Well, we almost achieved this one until we allowed a 18-yard two-point yeah. convert. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I think that this is fairly simple. Uh, we passed four of the six keys, which by all intents and purposes spells out domination. It really does. And if you look at many stats of this from this game in a vacuum, they do spell out domination against these keys. We did well, but many of the other things that you need to play winning football, they were not there. Yeah, they my, just were not there.
0: My unofficial fourth key on Friday was to dominate. And we yeah. certainly did not do that uh on defense. Now, we did mention this on the live show Friday evening. A couple of the plays by the defensive backs late in that game likely saved us. The play that Bishop Fitzgerald tipped that ball, and Sean Brown made the diving catch. That was an uh, incredible effort by the two of them uh, to bring home the pick on that. And then, of course, Aiden White there with the pick in the red zone shortly after that saved us. It saved us. But everything else, the defense was just simply too soft and allowed Calandria to just create way too much. We made him look way too comfortable. Certainly did not dominate, so I guess you could say the keys almost spelled abomination. Instead of domination, but just way too close for comfort at the end of the day here. Way too close for comfort.
1: I I think that we need to just talk to the fans just a little bit, Um, you know, right after, you know, you you pay some bills
0: around here. We're going to get to our Monday big picture takeaways as we do every week here after a quick word from our sponsors. Now time for your game changer of the week, and that is Athletic Brewing Company. Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Their brews are great tasting and award-winning, beating out full-strength beers in global competitions. They brew over 50 styles of craft, non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Goldens, Sours, and more. You can find Athletic in-store, online, and at bars around the country. They're fit for all times. If you have some folks over to watch the NC State game, This Friday evening, treat yourself to some athletic brewing. If you're tackling work or working out, you can drink them anytime, anywhere and make any activity a bit more enjoyable. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off of your first online order. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at For 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. All right, rounding out this Monday episode with our big picture takeaways from the 24-21 win up at Virginia on Friday night. I will begin with mine here. If Brennan Armstrong is going to continue to be QB1, he has got to play better. We have Louisville coming into town on Friday night. If we get the performance that we just had, Armstrong was 15 of 30 for 180 yards, two touchdowns, and a horrendous interception. We're going to get dog walked at home, and that will be a a crying shame. It's going to be an electric environment at Carter Finley on Friday. We cannot have any more stinkers from our quarterback one. If we can't get anything done on offense, the defense will suffer. And when the defense suffers... Who knows where we're headed from there?
1: Yeah, wholeheartedly agree. Wholeheartedly agree. Couldn't agree with you more. I mean, at the end of the day, we we can't play around. We've already talked about this. We've already talked about where playing with your food gets you. Like, that's, yep. that's not a, a joke. That's not a, you know, ha, ha, ha. We're saying a boring cliche just to say it. You cannot do it. You cannot do it. I think that, you know, some folks in the fan base, stop it with the doom and gloom nonsense, please. Please. Have we seen better teams from NC State? Absolutely. Have we seen better quarterback play? Come on now. That's that's not even a hard question to answer. With that being said, this is still a team that has a lot in front of
0: them. Yeah.
1: This is still a team that is, and again, I told y'all there is no way with good conscience I can pick us against Louisville. And I'm being honest about that. That's, I'm not going to lie to y'all and, and tell you something that I don't I don't believe. With that being said, this team is still very or is still early in the season, and this team, by and large, is still winning. Put winning and positive energy into this team. Put that into this team. Pour that into this team. Because at the end of the day, we've seen multiple teams on our schedule just not look good at all. Completely, completely and utterly wetting the bed when it was time for them to show up. This is just one week, and this is just the situation
0: that we're at now. As loud and as pissed off as we are after game number four here, this team has the talent to shut us up by game seven. They can very quickly turn this around. Now, it will take a lot of doing, but they can turn this around. You mentioned it, Kenton. All the opportunity still lies ahead of this team. Again, we are three and one. There are still winnable games. On this schedule, have the expectations dampened a bit? I'd be lying if I said no. But that's why they play the games between the lines and not on Twitter. They got to strap it up and play. Yeah. All yeah. this, all this talk amongst you know us, the fan base, national media, whoever—it's—it's it's all just noise. We could very well show up this coming Friday night, feed off the energy, execute better, clean up dumb mistakes, and beat Louisville.
1: I'd be interested to see what the conversations
0: look like. Then it'd probably be much different than after a win on the road at Virginia. It's just so it's, it's so much of a seesaw from week to week. And I, it's important to not get too high. And it's also important to not get too low. We did win the game. There's a lot of discourse. Otherwise we're, we're included in this. We have a lot of gripes with what we saw on Friday night, but they have the ability to move forward and continue to win games. If you're going to win games, then no, you're not going to see Armstrong get pulled. That's a situation that a lot of us are going to have to come to terms with here. If we're winning the game, you will not see another quarterback other than Armstrong. That's just the reality of the situation here. If he's going in, he's winning games. It might look ugly, but the game has been won. They will not make a change at quarterback. We have now seen Dave Dorn in the coaching staff's hand. You're not going to see MJ in case it is a break glass in case of emergency type situation. So a lot of the a lot of the screaming and yelling is being projected into a brick wall effectively. The best okay. we can do, move forward with what we have, shore up the weaknesses, and continue to support our guys. There's no need to tear everyone down because you're disappointed after a loss. You can be disappointed, that's fine. But there's no reason to get nasty online about how you think decision. Should play out,
1: and and here's the thing. Another thing that I want to say is we're disappointed after a win. By the way, yes, I don't want to sell anybody any dreams here, but I want you to look at the rest of this schedule and tell me who you can go ahead and already chalk in as an L. There's no way. There's no way under God's green earth. I'm not saying who you would pick as the favorite or not. And this, me and Grayson are going to do this on air. We're just saying this to the fan. Tell me which of these teams you would say, even if NC State plays their best game. Even if Brandon Armstrong makes all the right reads, even if we get it something that we, you know, everybody's playing at their ceiling, we can't win this game against this team Louisville, Marshall, Duke, Clemson, Miami, Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, North Carolina. I want you to sit here, and if you're going to say that this team is doom and gloom and we've got five to six games incoming, okay. So then what you're saying is I would assume we're not beating anybody outside of Marshall, Virginia Tech, maybe Wake Forest, and that's it. And I want you to really look at those other teams on the schedule and tell me what they've shown you this year to say that there's no way that we could get that job done.
0: Not even talking crazy here. I still don't think there's a team on this schedule here that is undoubtedly a loss for us. There's still a lot of room for growth. There's still a lot of room for development. And effectively, through four games, we have disappointed so far. Point blank period. Yeah. But I wouldn't say, I wouldn't even say Clemson is a guaranteed loss. I wouldn't say Miami is a guaranteed loss. Louisville this Friday is at home. I believe that is now a bigger game than probably a lot of us had anticipated before this season got going. That's at home. Clemson's at home. Miami's at home. Duke is just right up the street. Hopefully we can paint uh, Wallace Wade red, mostly. Although Duke might be a hot ticket here in a couple weeks. But our bigger games are- The boys and baby blue, also at home. UNC, also at home. Also at home, yeah. This, you know, we spoke about this when I talked about the blackout this coming Friday. NC State fans should feel some responsibility. They have the opportunity to try and influence some of these games with the energy they can pump into the stadium. Yeah. And, you know, again, I will be mentioning this every single day this week. This blackout game on Friday against Louisville. If we make it a raucous environment, you could see Louisville... Stagger a bit, and NC State is able to feed off of that and gain momentum. Yeah, that could be another example of the the fan base and the crowd influencing a game. You could see it, and so it's important not to jump ship now with so many opportunities still ahead of this team. You can be pessimistic, I believe Kent and I both are, as we sit here on Monday, but there's so much still ahead of this team with so much time to still turn it around. It, It maybe it's a cheap shot here. Jim Valvano, how do you think he would approach the final five, six games of this season? I think we both know.
1: The reality is, show up, black out the Carter, and let's see what we can get done this Friday.
0: Absolutely. That'll do it for us here on Monday. Coming back at you tomorrow on Tuesday with a lot more in-depth talk uh, about our Virginia game from this past Friday. As always, be sure to comment, like, and subscribe. We'll get to all of your comments uh, this coming on Friday show, as always, for Fan Friday. And we greatly appreciate all the support, everyone that jumped into our live session on Friday night. Again, we will be doing this after the conclusion of every NC State football game. So we will be live again this Friday evening after the Louisville game. Be sure to tune in with us then as well. But until tomorrow, go Pack. Go Pack.